Okay. Um, good morning, everybody. Rishis Rabbi Kron. So we're on Zion Amid Aleph, about a dozen lines from the bottom, where it says, Detanya Davershayabichal. So we had um, been talking about, again, this goes back to the concept of Yibam, and where Yibam is something that is out of the norm, that there's a whole, there are all these um, ervas, people that you're not allowed to marry. Yet Yibam comes along and allows a person to marry his brother's wife, um, which is goes out of it. So the Gemara over the last number of Dapim have been discussing like what's the mechanism that allows that to have it? Is it an ase dochelotase? Is it does that work when there's kare? So when there's a whole lot of back and forth on that. Is it a, based on a kalvachomer? Is it a combination of that with a kalvachomer? Um, yesterday we also began to introduce some of the other um, of Rabbi Yishmael um, in that, and we talked about um, something that's part of a klal, if something is part of a group of items, that it relates to the group of items, and, and it don't, doesn't only talk about itself. Um, we talked about a lot of connections to Shabbos and Mace Mitzvah and all of that, so now we're going to continue talking about perhaps another principle that might apply to our case here. So the Tanya, Davra Shaya Bechal, the Yatsali Dam Davra Chadash, Iyatayra Shaylachal, Ash Yatsirin Lachalakasabefer. So this is again one of the Shosei Midos. And what this means is that when you have a category and something from the category is singled out to apply a new rule, um, you you can't have that new rule go back and apply to everything else unless there's a specific Pasuk that brings it back. So in other words, it's held out as a unique idea unless there's an explicit Pasuk that brings it back. Okay, so how does this work? So now we're going to, now we're going to talk about the concept of Mitzorah. So Mitzorah, um, after he's healed of all of his things, he has to bring three Karbanos. He has to bring a Chatas, an Ola, and an Asham. So the, the Pasuk that we're about to say specifically talks about the Asham. So it says, V'shachat es hakeves, um, he shall, shall shech the asham in the place that he's also going to shech the chatas and the ola. Because the asham is like the chatas for the kohen. So the asham will follow the same rules as the chatas. So, um, so like, what's the whole point of this? So the question is, what's the whole point of this? Because it, we already um, had said, you know, when it talks about mitzorah, it says specifically in the beginning of the Pasuk that all of these things are treated the same way. So what's the whole point of saying that the Asham is like the Chatas, or the Chatas is like the Asham? It's, it basically seems redundant. Um, lomar asham. If it, now, it wasn't necessary for the Torah to say the Asham is like the Chatas, like we just said, because it already explicitly said it, that all of them are the same, or all of them are treated the same. So what is it teaching us by saying because by the, the asham of the mitzora, it's brought out, it, a, a new item is specifically taught about that case. And what is that new item? That when it comes to applying the blood, that there's a procedure that, um, that unlike the, in the other cases, when it comes to mitzora, you're supposed to apply the blood to the right thumb and the right big toe of the mitzora. So that's something different and unique that doesn't apply to the other cases. Um, so you might think 
that unlike every other asham, when you talk about the asham of Mitzorah, all the other rules about, about blood sprinkling don't apply. You might think that since we specifically said by the Mitzorah, and the asham of the Mitzorah, that you apply it to the toe and the thumb of the Mitzorah, that all the other rules don't apply. Um, you might think that unlike the other things, you don't have to apply the blood and you don't have to burn the things on the Mizbeach. Um, turning to that face. So the Pasuk comes back in to teach us just like the Chatas, the Asham applies. Just like the others, just as the Chatas normally requires that the blood is applied and it's burnt on the Mizbeach, so too, in the case of the Mitzorah, even though we specifically brought out this one point um, about it, about applying the blood to the thumb and to the toe, the other things still apply. So the principle, the Rabbi Shmuel principle here is that, is that because you have this incremental Pasuk, that brings it back into norm. So normally you might say if it's called out with a specific rule, you would think that the, everything else about it doesn't apply. It only follows a specific rule. But because you have this Pusik that brings it back into the norm, it now follows the, the, the norm. So, Now, if we had not talked about, not just like I said, if we didn't bring it back into the Asham, so what it was singled out for, you would do. And what it was not singled out for, you would not do. So in other words, you would say, okay, it's an Ashav Mitzorah. I was taught by an Ashav Mitzorah. I have to apply the blood to the thumb and the toe. Therefore, that's it. That's all I have to do. All the other typical rules, I do not have to apply. But because we have this other Pasuk that comes back in, it tells you, and by the way, it's just like an Ashav and just like a, like a Chatas for all other things. So therefore, you would apply the blood in all the other cases. So, so too, back in our case of Yibam, um, if, even if the Torah had not specifically excluded the, the sister of the wife from Yibam, I, w- what I, what I, I would have said, ach de ishtara. So, Ishtara is a um, new concept that basically means, um, Ishtara means that like once you're allowing something, it's kind of like you're, you're waiving all the other restrictions. So, once I'm allowed to do A, Therefore, if I'm doing A, then B and C and D that were previously prohibited are now allowed. So Ishtra is like a concept. So Ishtrai. Ishtrai Shar Ishtrai. So so I might have said Ashes Acht Ishtra, the, the brother's wife, which was lifted to the, the, the halacha that says you're not allowed to marry the brother's wife, which is explicitly said is one of the Arabas. Ishtrai, that's lifted. Arayas lo. The the other Arayas are not lifted either in a setting of Yibam. Because the so in other words, because the brother's wife was singled out as a new concept, I might have applied. I might have said that the other arayas still apply. So why does the Torah need to specifically exclude a wife sister from Yibram? So Ella, Ella Salka Daita You might have thought to say, the allowance of the wife sister for Yibam. You would learn through a through a kalvachomer. From an ordinary brother's wife, meaning one who is not not a different erva as well. What does that mean? Just as an ordinary brother's wife is taken in yibum when when she dies without children, even though in every other case she would be forbidden to that 
brother as an erva. So too, if you had the situation where this person happens to be the sister of your wife, um, they may also be taken in Yibam if the brother dies, even though they're ordinarily forbidden as an erva. So it's not, you would say, it doesn't just apply to the one erva of the wife of, the, of your brother, but it might apply to a case where that, where that wife is also the sister of another wife that you have. So the Gemara doesn't like this. Me, Dami, is this case really similar? Hasam Chad Isura, there in the case of a normal case where you have the wife of a brother, you're only dealing with one Isur, one erva that you're lifting, the erva of having the wife of the brother. Hachatre Isura, here in the case of the wife's sister, who you're, you're, you're lifting two ervos. You're basically saying, okay, so you have two problems with this woman. Problem one is that this woman is the wife of the man's brother. And problem two is this this woman is the sister of the man's wife. So you're going you're you're doing it you're doubling up here. So my Maudutama, what would you have said? Hove ishtari ishtari. Back to that concept. You might say, you know what? It's ishtari. I'm, I'm, uh, it's uh, we're waving all all the arrows here. Since we're waving one, we're waving more than one. Umina tamri darmin and hove ishtari ishtari. And how do I know that we can say that it, this whole concept of history allows, right? That you can say that once you do one, you can do more than one. Detanya, we learned in a Baraisa. Mitzorah shachal shmini shalob the Erev Pesach. So if you have a Mitzorah, um, and the way, the, works, the way it works with a Mitzorah is there's a multiple step process of the Mitzorah. So once all the steps of the Mitzorah are fulfilled, then on the eighth day of his purification, what he has to do is he has to come to the entrance to the base of Meidash, and on the on the if you have the art scroll on the next page is like a fancy diagram, um, but um, they come to the entrance to the Mizbeach, even the entrance to the base of Meidash. I'm sorry, even though they're normally not allowed to enter into the holy part of the Mizbeach into the Machane Kahuna until they're Tahor, there's a special dispensation for a Mitzora that they're allowed to stick their part of their body, I think their thumb and their their toe forward. To have that blood applied, because that is what what concludes their tuma process. So mitzora that their eighth day was an erev Pesach, and just so happens Barakari Bobayom, he became a Balkari on the same day. So someone who becomes a Balkari, what do they do? Vitaval, and then they go to the mikvah. So typically, someone who's a Balkari is not allowed to enter into the into the Shmacha They have to not only go to the mikvah, but they have to wait until the night passes. So what happens in this case? So here you have a guy who is a Mitzorah. He's on his eighth day. On the eighth day, they're allowed to stick their thumb and their toe forward to have blood sprinkled to them. However, they have problem number two. Problem number two is they were a Balkari. Yes, they went to the mikvah, but normally you have to wait until the night passes before they're allowed to come into the Machin Eshlina. Amru Chachamim, the Chachamim said, Af al yom acher niknas, even though normally a um, the Balkari until the day passes is not allowed to go into the Machaneshlina, you would allow this guy to still do his Mitzorah purification, which means um, putting their putting their thumb in their in their foot forward. So if you happen to have the art scroll on seven B two, you see there's a fancy picture where you basically have like there's the 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 um, the Machaneh 
the Ezra's Nashim, which was also known as the Machin and and people were allowed, the, the Mitzora was allowed to go there. Um, and there's this, this area called the Shar Nikonor, which is kind of like an entrance way that would go into the Machin Eshlina. And what the Mitzora would be allowed to do is kind of stick his, his thumb or his foot forward to complete the process. Um, normally, so, but that would not necessarily apply to a Balkari. A Balkari is not allowed to go into that Machin Eshlina until he passes the day. So this is giving the special dispensation to the Balkari that he's allowed to do it. So it's kind of like, again, it's following this history. Um, why is that? Um, if you just clarify, is, it, is this talking about specifically on Erev Pesach or any time you have a Mitzorah who becomes a Balkari? This is talking about Erev Pesach. And the, the next line is going to tell us why. So Mutav Sheyavo Asei Sheyesh Bokares, that it's preferable that the we allow him to perform the mitzvah of Karban Pesach, Harvey, to your point. So this is to enable him to do Karban Pesach. So if we don't let him do this, if his eighth day is Erev Pesach, if we don't let him purify himself, he's going to miss out on the ability to perform um, Karban Pesach. Right? Leave, leave the whole concept of Pesach Sheni aside for now. Um, so he's going to miss out because he's Tameh. So what we're allowing him to do is we're allowing him to we're allowing him to to avoid the possibility of being high of kares because he is not able to bring the the carbon pesach and we allow him to and by doing that we let him violate the isser that doesn't have that doesn't carry kares so the obligation of having the balkari wait until the next day before he comes into the into the kodesh is only a is only a, um, a, a an assay. The assay says so. It's, it's really a low. It really seems like it will be a low assay, but it's an assay that basically says you, you come in when you're when you're holy after you after a day passes. Um, so you let him violate the assay that does not have kares in order to avoid violating the assay that does have kares. So you let him do two things. You let him number one. Um, cross the boundary as a mitzora, which he normally would be allowed to do. And since you're letting him do that also, you're giving him a pass on the fact that he's in theory a Balkari. And because he's a Balkari, he would normally not be allowed to do that. But because, A, you're allowing him to do it for mitzora, and it happens to be Erev Pesach, you give him the special dispensation to do this in this case as well. Um, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Davar Torah afilu ase lespe. But Midiaraisa, there isn't even a halacha of the Tzvul Yom. It's only, he says, it's only a derabanan. This whole issue is only, the whole issue about the Tzvul Yom, about the person who's a Balkari is not allowed to come in, is really only a derabanan. Shene'amar, Vayamod Yehoshaphat, Bakal Yehuda, Fayachat Serachadasha. Yehoshaphat was among the courtyard of Yehuda in front of, um, in front of the um, courtyard. So ma in front of the a new courtyard. Ma chatzer What does it mean when it says the concept of a new courtyard? Amar Rabbi Yochanan, shechitu ba'divarim ve'armor that the chachamim made a made a an made a innovation on that day and they made a derabanan. That the Tvul Yom, the someone who's a Balkari, doesn't wait until the next day, is not allowed to go in. So what he's saying is that this isn't this this isn't a good answer. This isn't a good answer because the, the whole concept of the of the of the Balkari um, not coming in is not violating and you're not you're not it's not a 
that just doesn't have kares. It's a derabanan. So, you know, obviously you would allow uh, someone to violate a derabanan to avoid of, of, to avoid an issue of um, kares. Um, so, the Amar Ula, and Ula said, Ma Tam, what is the reason that we allow this? Um, why do we allow this? Since it was, we allowed it to put part of his body into the courtyard despite him being Tsaras, we allowed him to do it despite the fact that he was a Balkari. So, um, so we can see that, so again, so Ula doesn't necessarily agree with, the, with what with what um, Rabbi Yochanan said about it being a Darabanan, but he says that we allow it because we allowed A, we allowed B. So the Gemara doesn't like this. Mi dami de Ula. So is our case of Yibam similar to what Ula just said? Tena hecha de nasa meis, nasa chai. So this works in a case where the brother married was married to the to the woman first, and afterwards the brother who is um, married, the, the brother, so the, the brother who died, let me try to clarify, I wish I had a chart for this, it's a little complicated. So the brother who died, whose wife, the brother who's living, is going to want to do Yibam with, right? He, um, ma- he was married to the woman first, and afterwards, the brother that's alive, his brother married the sister. So the Yavama, the person that he is supposed to be married to, he's supposed to do Yibam with, was the first one that was an erva to him. Right, so he's unmarried. So think of it this way: the two brothers, brother A marries a woman. So now brother B is ushered to her as an erva, and then later on, brother B marries her sister. Right, so about that, you might say that since we allow the brother's wife prohibition, the first one, the first issue, because the brother, the yibum iser about marrying the aishas ach to go first. Ishtri nami iser achas isha. The what we would allow the second one, which is the fact that he ma- he happened to also be married to the wife's sister. That happened second. Ela nasachai. But let's say it went in the other direction, right? That he married a woman first. Um, then his brother, who's going to ultimately die, married her sister. So in that case, iser achas isha kadim. So the wife's sister. The fact that this woman was his wife's sister was the Easter that went first. So because that Easter went first, there's no history on that first item. There's only an there's only a, an, an allowance on the second item. I know it's complicated, but that's it's a think about it, it has to be the chrono the chronological aspect of it applies in this case. Vafilo um, nasa mace nami, and even in the situation where the brother who died married his wife. He got married first. It also doesn't necessarily match. Why? That it all works in a situation where the brother who married, who died, married his wife and then died. And afterwards, the brother married his sister. So that the widow was allowed to marry the Yavam in the interim between his brother's death and the marriage to her sister. So based upon what Ula is saying, it's logical to say that since when the first brother died, the Yavam was allowed to marry the widow, his subsequent marriage to her sister should not cancel this permission. So he's saying that it's not that they happened before the fact, it kind of happened after the fact. Ela nasa mace, the low mace, but in a situation where the brother who died 
married his wife and didn't die right away. And afterwards, the brother that's alive, that's ultimately going to do Yibam, got married. When the first when the first brother died, his widow was never allowed to marry the Yavam. Since at, the, at that time, then he the, the Yavam was already married to her sister. So he already had a prohibition to marry her from a second cause. So it's kind of looking at it from the other way. Milo Mode Ula, in that case, wouldn't Ula agree that like Mansora, Shimra Akeri Belel Shbini, that if he had a he was a Balkari on the night before his eighth day, Sha'in Machnis Yadulavahonis, that he's not allowed to put his hand and thumb into the Kahuna. Since he didn't come out of his state of Taras at a time that was fit for him to bring his offering. So Ula said that was only happened in a case where because you have Mitzorah happening first and the Mitzorah is the thing that's going to allow it to happen, the fact that there's a secondary issue um, is what's allowed. But if it happens in the other order, where first he's a Valkyrie and then he's a Mitzorah, the Balkari does not permit the Mitzorah to happen. It's the Mitzorah that permits the Balkari to happen. Eleki Yitzrechalei, therefore, Eleha, therefore, that's why in our case, going back to Yibam, we need this the Pasuk that says Aleha, which is that excludes the wife's sister. So the question is, why do you need that, right? Hecha denasa meis umeis v'achakach nasachai. It's talking about a case where the brother who eventually died married his wife and then died, and after he died, the other brother came along and married his sister. So I think with this we'll stop. Um, since we're already on Dachves, we'll continue next week. And I'll ask Rabbi Krohn to repeat a little bit of this last part since it was complicated. Um, thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful day.